Behold the handmaid of the Lord, be it unto me according to your word. And the angel departed from her, and Mary arose in those days, and went into the hill country with haste into the city of Judah, and into the house of Zacharias, and saluted Elizabeth. It came to pass that when Elizabeth heard the salutation of Mary, the babe leaped in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Spirit of God. And she spake with a loud voice and said, Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb. Whence is this to me that the mother of my Lord should come to me? For lo, as soon as the voice of thy salutation sounded in mine ears, the babe leaped in my womb for joy. And blessed is she that believed, for there shall be a performance of those things which were told her from the Lord. Welcome to the Unchanging Word Radio Bible Study. Our teacher is Dr. John G. Mitchell, a man who was faithful in teaching the Word of God for more than 60 years throughout the Northwest. The name of our study, The Unchanging Word, highlights the fact that God's Word has not changed. What God reveals in His written Word was true in the past, is still true today, and will be true tomorrow. The truth in God's Word was, is, and always will be true. God never changes. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. In Luke chapter 1, verse 34, the angel Gabriel answers Mary's question, how she, a virgin, could bear a baby since although she was betrothed, she was not yet married and had no husband. Now, the author of Hebrews chapter 13, verse 4, reminds us, let marriage be held in honor among all and the marriage bed undefiled, for God will judge immorality and adultery. This was Mary's attitude toward marriage just as Joseph's was found in Matthew chapter 1. Well, Dr. Mitchell looks at the scriptures dealing with the birth of Jesus in Matthew 1 concerning Joseph as well. Now here in verse 38, we see Mary's faith in what God had said would take place, and she waited for his fulfillment. Then the Lord is gracious to give Mary an encouraging confirmation of his words in verses 39 through 45. Well, let's join Dr. Mitchell here, Luke chapter 1, verse 34 on the Unchanging Word Bible Broadcast. Continue our studies in the Gospel through Luke in chapter 1, this amazing Gospel that reveals to us not only Jesus Christ as a real man, God's man in the midst of men, but one who was full of grace and truth. And we've been dealing in our last lesson with the coming of Gabriel, God's messenger, to Mary. We've been dealing with the Annunciation, or if you want to call it, the Announcement uh, to her. And we're reading from, if you want to read it, it starts in, in verse 26 and runs right on down through to verse 38. But let me first of all remind you again that when he came to her, he addressed her as being one who was highly favored of the Lord, and that she's going to be blessed among all women. Do you remember she was agitated and troubled about this saying? And that's to be expected. Let's be realistic about this. She was a young woman, 
in the midst of a city that was vile and corrupt. Now this angel came to one of the vilest towns of Galilee, Nazareth. That's why, you remember, um, when Philip said to his friend in John chapter 1 to Nathaniel, mentioning the fact of the coming, we have found the Messiah, and so on. Uh, out of Nazareth, Jesus of Nazareth, Nathaniel said, can any good thing come out of Nazareth? As I say, it had the reputation of being a vile, morally corrupt town. And yet God had those in the town who were pure in mind. You know, I can't help but press this. You can't read your newspapers today without realizing how many of our young people, even in junior high school age, and they tell me even in some grade schools, where some of these precious children have, have, have been taking drugs, some are drinking, uh, many have become immoral in their lives, and yet I want to tell you that our boys and girls, thank God there are those today, more than you might give credit for, who haven't become defiled by the day in which they live. And God can keep a person, can keep a boy and a girl pure in their lives. They don't have to be mixed up with the moral corruption of the day. They can walk before God, even in today, even today, wherever they may live. God can do that for you. I'm talking to you fathers and mothers. May I say it to you that God can keep your children from the immorality of the day, from the vileness of the day. It's for you, under God, to teach your children, encourage your children to go on with God, and above all, please get them into the Word of God. May they learn very soon to be disciplined in reading the Word of God, because the Word of God will keep them clean in the midst of any generation, under any circumstance. I just say this in passing, because my heart goes out to our present generation of young people. And when I read a verse like this, that dear Mary, who became the mother of our Lord, was living in one of the vilest cities of the day, and yet she was pure before God and before men. Now you have where the angel gave her the, the announcement in verses 30 down through verse 33. Uh, you found favor with God. You're going to have a boy. You're going to call his name Jesus. He's going to be great. He's going to be called the son of the highest. The Lord is going to give him a throne even the throne of David. He's going to reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there shall be no end. Now mark the answer of Mary. Mary said to the angel, How shall this thing be? Seeing I know not a man. I repeat it, here is a pure girl living in a vile city, and she raised the moral issue. You know, we find writers today who do not speak very well of Mary. Let me tell you this, that Mary was the first one to raise the moral issue. How can this thing be, seeing that I know not a man? She does not question the fact that she's going to have a son. What she does question is the method of its accomplishment. All we know, all we know about about children being born, is have a father and a mother. See, Now, the revelation in verses 35 to 38 
the revelation of how it's going to be accomplished. Men say this is a biological impossibility. It's impossible for a girl to have a baby without a, a natural father. This is history. It's the experience of people. But you see, you're leaving God out of the question. And when men say this is a, a biological impossibility, I tell you that Gabriel, the messenger from God, did not say it was an impossibility. In verse 37, he could say, with God, nothing shall be impossible. I want to repeat the statement. Mary does not question the fact that she's going to have a baby boy. She believed the messenger from God. But what troubled her was the method of the accomplishment of this fact. How can she have a boy and not be married and not have a husband, not know a man? Now the revelation in verses 35 on tells you how it's going to be accomplished. The angel answered and said unto her, The Holy Spirit shall come upon you. The power of the highest shall overshadow you. Therefore also that holy thing that shall be born of thee shall be called the Son of God. Let me just stop here a moment. The revelation of how it is going to be accomplished. You remember in Isaiah chapter 7, 14, where the prophet said to the king, God will give you a sign. Behold, a virgin shall bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Emmanuel, God with us. When you come to the first chapter of Matthew, when the angel appeared unto Joseph and said, Do not be afraid to take Mary, your betrothed, to your, be your wife, because she's going to bring forth a son. And he quotes from Isaiah, A virgin shall conceive and bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Emmanuel, God with us. It's the only place in the New Testament, by the way, where the title Emmanuel is given to us in Matthew chapter 1. It's going to be called Jesus. He shall save his people from their saints. He called Emmanuel, God with us. But how is he going to be accomplished? So Luke tells us. Now remember that Luke is a doctor. Luke is not a layman. Luke is a doctor. Physical, he's a medical doctor. Well-trained man. He was no dumbbell. He was a brilliant man. Educated man. Scientific man. And he's given a report. And I believe this is a personal report from Mary. I believe that, personally, that uh, Luke got his information from these dear people, Zachariah and Elizabeth and Mary. The Spirit of God, of course, directed in this. This is true. Well, it's the doctor who was saying, you tell me that this is a biological impossibility? I'll tell you, a medical doctor wrote this. And under the Spirit of God, he gives to us what the angel Gabriel said to Mary, the how of how it's going to be accomplished. The Holy Spirit shall come upon thee. The power of the highest shall overshadow thee. Therefore also that holy thing that shall be born of thee shall be called the Son of God. 
Allow me to read from chapter 1 of John. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. Verse 14, And the Word was made flesh, and dwelt among us, full of grace and truth. Verse 18, No man has seen God at any time. The only begotten Son, who is in the bosom of the Father, he hath declared him. This is God's testimony. Rule God out of the picture, of course, you haven't anything. But if I believe there's a living God who has purpose to send his Son into the human race for the purpose of delivering that human race from the bondage of sin and death and hell, God has a right to say how his Son is going to come into the human family. And from Genesis chapter 3, where the promise was made to Adam, the seed of the woman would bruise the serpent's head and follow it right through your Old Testament. You will notice that over and over and over and over again, God promised them that the Messiah, his son, would come into the human family. And he tells us how he would come. He's going to come as a baby in the midst of men. Now notice this. The Holy Ghost. This is how it's going to be done. The Holy Ghost. The Holy Spirit shall come upon thee. The power of the highest shall overshadow you. And that holy thing which shall be born of you shall be called the Son of God. And then he encourages her when he says, And behold, your cousin Elizabeth, she hath conceived a son in her old age, and this is the sixth month with her who is called barren. And Mary knew about Elizabeth, her cousin, that she and her husband had prayed for years for a child. And now they're in old age with no possibility of a child. Just like Abraham and Sarah. When Abraham was 100 years of age and Sarah was 90 years of age, Sarah had a boy. So you have it here. To encourage Mary, remember, don't forget that Zechariah and Elizabeth had been praying and praying and praying for the boy and now She's already born that boy for six months. And remember that with God, nothing is impossible with God. Now, verse 38, you have the subjection, the submission of Mary to God's will. And Mary said, Behold the handmaid of the Lord. Be it unto me according to thy word. And the angel departed from her. My, what a decision for this girl to make. Did you ever stop to think about it? Here's a girl, a pure girl, living in Nazareth, defiled Nazareth. And now she's going to be found with child before she's married. That's why Joseph afterwards wanted to put her away quietly until the angel of God spoke to Joseph. You find that in the first chapter of Matthew. But let me come back to Mary. Do you ever stop to think about this, dear Mary? What will her family say? What will her friends think? What will the wagging tongues of the neighbors do? Mary? Sweet, innocent Mary going to have a son and not married? Boy, I'm telling you, in corrupt Nazareth, they would only have one thing. 
And I'm not surprised when you come later on during the ministry of our Lord. You know what they accused him of? They accused him of being born out of fornication. They said to Jesus, we be not born of fornication, so on. I want to tell you this girl made a tremendous, this pure, innocent girl made a tremendous choice when she said, be it unto me according to your word. I'm going to have a boy. And conception is going to come from God. And in spite of what the family might think, or what her friends might think, or what her neighbors might say, or what these wagging tongues might do. What will Joseph say? What will Joseph say when he finds I'm with child? I'm betrothed to Joseph. And I know not a man. I'm going to have a baby. Boy, you can just, and I say it very kindly. It was a real, real test. But now notice the confirmation that God gives to Mary through Elizabeth. For you remember, we find, and Mary said unto the, Behold the handmaid of the Lord, be it unto me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. And Mary arose in those days and went into the hill country with haste into the city of Judah, and into the house of Zacharias, and saluted Elizabeth. And notice this amazing thing. And when it came to pass that when Elizabeth heard the salutation of Mary, the babe leaped in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Spirit of God. And she spake with a loud voice and said, Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb. Whence is this to me that the mother of my Lord should come to me? For lo, as soon as the voice of thy salutation sounded in mine ears, the babe leaped in my womb for joy. And blessed is she that believed. For there shall be a performance of those things which were told her from the Lord. Now you see what happened. Mary needed someone who would understand her. And hence Elizabeth, her cousin, who just had an experience with God concerning a boy, she would understand. And God had prepared Elizabeth, I believe in her own heart, for the coming of Mary. And the moment Mary came into her presence, I read the babe, that is John the Baptist, leaped in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Spirit of God. That's the second one in the Gospel through Luke, were filled with the Spirit of God. Zacharias was filled. He was filled. John the Baptist would be filled from his mother's womb. Now Elizabeth is filled with the Spirit. What does she do? She prophesies. She sings. She's full of ecstasy. She's sort of full of praise. She's supremely blessed. Why? Verse 43, why should she be blessed? Why should she be filled with ecstasy? Because whence is this to me? That the mother of my Lord should come to me. My friend, she would never have said that without the Spirit of God. She prophesied. Why did she do this? To confirm the message of God to Mary. Now don't you forget what Mary is going through. Mary has yielded herself to the Lord for the Lord to do anything he wants with her. Even though she's going to be misunderstood and maligned and talked about and possibly greatly misjudged. 
people won't begin to understand it. Of course they wouldn't. She can't go and tell everybody how the Lord came to her. She's got to suffer in silence. The scorn, the talk, the lies, which oftentimes even friends and well-meaning friends will say and do. But she needs encouragement. She needs sympathy. She needs somebody to, to encourage her in the thing that's before her. You know, I want to say this to you very frankly. And I'm dealing with young people continually. And when young people come to me, the first thing I want to know is this. When they talk to me, what is the will of God for their lives? I want to know one thing. Would you do anything he wants you to do? Are you ready to do anything he wants you to do? Not just be willing, but am I ready to do whatever God wants me to do? And just as sure as I'm talking to you, when one comes to the place of total abandonment to the will of God, just like Mary here, you're going to need some encouragement. All hell's going to be arrayed against you. The flesh will be arrayed against you. The world will be against you. And you may feel as if you're standing alone and the very ones you expected to stand by you don't stand by you. And you wonder what people will say. Especially if you've had real prospect in the business world or real prospect in the world, getting on in the world, and you turn your back on it and just go on with God to do what he wants you to do. My friend, go on with God. God is not going to be in your debt. For example, whence is this to me that the mother of my Lord should come? Blessed are you among women and down through for 1,900 years. We hear about Mary, the mother of Jesus. I think sometimes those of us who are not Catholic, that is Roman Catholic, I think we've uh, minimized the great place that Mary had in the program and purpose of God in the coming of his son. Mary has a peculiar place among the women of the world. God chose her out of the millions of women. God chose her to be the one through whom his son should come into the human race. And she's the most blessed among women. I say that very frankly. She's the most blessed among women. And yet when you come to her own testimony afterwards, you will notice she looks upon him as her savior. But just one more thing, verse 45, and verses 44 and 45. Lo, as soon as the voice of thy salutation sounded in mine ears, the babe leaped in my womb for joy. It's the second time she says this. And blessed is she that believed. And there shall be a performance of those things which were told her from the Lord. Did you notice she congratulates Mary on her faith in verse 45? Blessed is she that believed. You see, allow me to quote this. This is a quotation from somebody I read sometime. The greatness of Mary is because of the greatness of the one who comes forth from her womb the greatness of her son. The greatness of Mary is because of the greatness of her son. She is the human instrument through whom the eternal Son of God took his place into the human family. And Elizabeth encourages her. She congratulates her on her faith, and I'm sure this meant a tremendous support for Mary. Now, in closing, may I say, 
I ask you the question, friend, have you really, have you submitted your life to the Lord Jesus Christ that he might have his way in you? And when I read this story of Mary, I have to confess I'm amazed at the simple trust of this dear girl in the name of the eternal living God. And she offered her body and all that she was to God that his purpose might be fulfilled. Cannot we today yield ourselves, we were Christians, yield ourselves to God that he may do in and through us just what he wants to do. This is the place of joy and blessing. God grant it may be your portion and my portion today. to us with your comments and your prayer requests to The Unchanging Word, P.O. Box 398, Dallas, Oregon, 97338. And so until next time, this is The Unchanging Word radio broadcast. Life begins at 10.